Welcome to the junkyard. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, you know, man, I make this look I, easy. I was pumped. I was into it. I still am. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm still fucking feeling it. Um, hey, you know what? This is the final fucking five. Yeah. These are the last five shows that... This is the, <laughs> the first of the last five shows that Inspire Pro ran. And it's going to span, of course, AFS Cinema, but it's going to also usher in that Blue Genie period as well. But it is the last five shits we took, you know? So here we are, and we're about to get into it. And it's uh, it's kind of surreal. Like, this is... This is coming to an end. I don't know what we're going to do when we run out of shows to, to, to like, air. Because, as we, we mentioned uh, recently, uh, we, we're we struggling to find a venue, guys. Uh, you know, outside promotion came in, bled all over the fucking place, and, and made all these people yeah. fucking terrified because they think they're going to get hep C or some shit. Well, they might. <laughs> I, I would not doubt it. I hope, they, I hope they fucking do after kicking us out. Yeah. Fuck them. Well, I, I haven't told you this yet, but uh, last night I did send another email out that way to go, hey, are, are you sure you don't want us? So we'll see where that goes. Who knows? Uh, you know what? Let the desperation <laughs> fly, brother. I hope At you, this point, yeah. fuck it. I mean, did you say anything about like, hey, man, we're not going to do that shit that they <laughs> y- did? Yes. Okay, The good. first email, that that was what I let off with, of course. I was okay. like, hey, I know some things went wrong, but as you know, but like, they weren't our was never us. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what they say, man. I mean, I thought we did good business for them. Yeah. So it's all you all you can do is lean back on that and treat people as good as you can. So right? before we get into this bullshit with the the show that we're like gonna recap here, I gotta talk about something that that kind of pisses me off, and I heard I heard about it recently, um, and it was from uh, you know what I'm just gonna name names. Uh, it was from uh, Prince Adam. Yeah. Adam, who just recently did a fireside with us. And he was telling me that uh, he was recently uh, at a show, or, or I'm going to just assume it was a show, where one guy refused to take any shit from a female wrestler because he did not think it was realistic. I love it when people say, my character wouldn't do that, brother, or they say something's not realistic. First of all, let me explain something to you. One of the toughest people that I ever met as a kid was this girl named Susie. And she went to Catholic school with me. And she was not very big in stature. But that little bitch had razor blades in her fucking bun. And she would have cut your ass up. I'm sorry. Some of the toughest people that I've ever met in my life are women. And they're capable of beating the shit out of some fairly large and rugged masculine he-man men's. So, yeah, man, this fucking pisses me off when I hear it. And it pisses me off for a lot of reasons. Inspire Pro has never been a company that really treats women like they are women. We treat them like they're oftentimes smaller opponents, unless it's like, say, Vanessa Craven, right? Who's a larger opponent. (laughs) Who's larger than many men that, that we work with. But, um... So, 
Okay, you go. I, I've got an old school story. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to stick up for, you know, the old school way of doing things gets uh Motherfucker, are gets you actually... kicked around a Oh, man, bit. I got to crack a beer for this shit. Oh, crack it open. Uh, you, are you playing advocate for this motherfucker? No. Okay. No, I'm going to go in a different direction, okay, though. Okay, good. I'm going to tell you... So I'm going to name names as well, because I'm sure this fucktard is still um, working little fucking dirt road shows on the outside of The guy of you're San about Antonio. to mention? Yes. Okay. So in, in 2000... Uh, six two thousand. When the fuck two thousand seven. By the way, fucktard is not yeah. an appropriate term. Okay, my bad, okay. my bad. All right, We've, I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Um, you're about to get canceled. Please uh, don't do that again. Please don't. No, keep continue. Sorry, I have me. to acknowledge it because someone's gonna go. They're gonna go. This hey, ain't fucktard. Hey, so <laughs> we were letting gender specific uh, hey, man. insults go out. So bis, I wasn't bis, sure. Bis. Thought we were going a little bis, blue. Bis. It's a learning moment. Okay. Hey, nothing I ever say insults people that are, like, differently abled, okay? I mean, I yell at fucking stupid people, but it's different. Okay. Okay, okay. anyway, okay. go go tell your little fucking okay. story, okay? So this guy clearly um, had some issues. So in uh, this gentleman that wrestles under the very creative name Cobra. Well, that's good. Right? Yeah. So uh, he decides uh, he's <laughs> he's in a match with uh, Rachel Summerlin. Ooh. And, and not in the back, just goes, hey, I'm not going to fucking cooperate with you. But just decides in the in match. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not going to sell any of your shit. Um, so the core group of people at the time uh, proceeded to rough up old Cobra for the next fucking year anytime any of them were in the ring with him. Uh. So, yeah, that's the way we... We used to do things. Did so he, I'm did not he know saying... Why, did he know why, though? Yes. Good. Yeah, it was explained to him. Yes. Hey, that's important. That is important. So here's the thing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a firm advocate that size is really what you fixate on. It's, it's what you focus on. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Biss, but there's a movie called The Game of Death. And in it, it it's Bruce Lee's final film, and he faces Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who is one of his students? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen the and, clips. And, yeah. and, and the size differential is fucking crazy, right? Yeah. So the movie that we all know and see typically is a lot different than what Bruce envisioned. In fact, if you can find it, there is a Game of Death film that is basically the Bruce cut, right? Um, and it's it's amazing because it's him going through opponent after opponent, and all of his opponents are very different stylistically or in terms of size differential. And in the Bruce cut, you hear Bruce's inner dialogue about how he's going to topple this much larger opponent. And you can see him kind of sizing the guy up, trying to figure out how he's going to deal with it. And Bruce, um, in, in, in the sequence, makes it very logical that he would be able to topple this guy and actually beat this guy who's much larger than him. And I think that uh, that's what makes wrestling really exciting is that anybody can win at any point in time because it's really a skill-based competition right it's not necessarily about who's the biggest guy you know um and it just drives me nuts when i hear people go oh i would never take shit off this broad brother you know like, like really man i know a lot of women that could probably beat this dude's fucking ass legit so no, it is realistic. Women can fight. Women have been fighting all their lives because guess what? Women have to deal with some fucking bullshit, okay? Any single mother will tell you that, you know? So I, I was really I was really offended by this. And I think, like, things like martial arts 
there are a lot of very small martial artists in the world. They're not as big as like your your average corn-fed football guy. But guess what? I'm gonna put money on the dude who is the two Kong expert over the fucking collegiate, collegiate like athlete any day if there's a fight any day. So yeah, the the biggest money draw in the world right now is 155 pounds, right? Yeah, like you know. So um, the other thing is, it just shows a complete lack of understanding of what the fuck you're doing. Like you're yeah. not competing against the person that's in the ring. Here's Biss. Here's Mister Fucking Kayfabe pulling the curtain back for you. You're a fucking team. You're goddamn fucking pairs figure skating. You know. Yeah. You, you think fucking fucking Brian Boitano? He's not even fucking figure skater, is he? You know. You think the dude figure skater is going like? I don't know if I should be the one lifting her up. I should kind of get my shine. Yeah. No, man. It's about fucking like you're, you're going out there, you're putting on a performance, and you're trying to fucking excel. It's you know, and and I I, I understand that there is uh, an element of narcissism involved with a lot of the people that get in that ring. You know, you got a lot of body guys, got people absorbed with how they look, and that's beautiful. But you're telling stories. You're not. You're not. If, if that. If you're. Your thinking is that you're not going to take shit from somebody. Go over to fucking MMA and get out of my fucking ring. Get out of my fucking face. Get out of the fucking business right fucking now. Go over there and get punched in the yeah, face. Go get fucking. Go get fucking. Go go somewhere for real. Okay. Don't fuck. This is wrestling. Guess what, guys? I'm not going to say it's not real because it is physically a very grueling thing. But this is not a legitimate fighting performance and let me say this too the next if you're one of these people who's like i'm a, i'm not going to take shit from this girl i'm not going to take shit from this small guy do yourself a favor bucko look in the crowd look at who's paying to see you you know you need to do you need to do a little bit of like just 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 kind of humble yourself man people go there to identify with somebody in the ring and to see that person kind of come up you know, it does, it, it, like Daniel Bryan, he caught fire because he looked more like the people in the crowd than a lot of the guys that he was wrestling. And that's why people got behind him, because they could relate to him. Not everybody's like some fucking polished up, you know, athlete. Yeah, that's the whole thing, right? It, it's it's the old adage. You go there for fucking two hours. It's just like a movie. You go yeah. there for two hours to forget all the bullshit you got going on in life. You know, let the underdog get a moment <laughs> in, asshole. Make it worth that fucking yeah. sad sack, like person who comes and pays to see you. Make make them feel like the person that they identify with has a chance of winning. Because really, that's what it's all about. It's about going into this gig. Yeah. And giving people hope, giving people escapism. That's what wrestling is. It's escapism. And I, you know, I think a lot of this is rooted in this, like, like, like the fear of like saying, oh, it's fake because oh, then you have, you yeah. automatically have to like, you just did it yourself, like almost subconsciously, right? You yeah. have to like qualify it as well. You, you, like it's very intense. Like for the longest time wrestling got this rap, but that's why people are protective. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it right. is. It's like. Yeah, we get we we have severe injuries. Like this is not just all fun and games, and then we go home and it's not there. Yeah, that's what we're protecting. Like that's what we're we're standing up for. Yeah, it's not 
it's not your fucking fragile ego that that you're a real fighter. I, I, absolutely. Like, like it's that that hey, when doing this shit is gonna fuck your body up. Like you're probably selling your body for this to have this moment and shot at fucking doing this in the prime of your athletic career. You're probably going to have injuries that will last with you for the rest of your life. I think one thing that they ought to start teaching in wrestling schools is three legged racing. Because this, yeah. this is really, it's a, it's a cooperative thing. Yeah. Anyway, what am I drinking here, Biz? Man, you're drinking beer. That's I'm the drinking, high life. I'm not drinking soda. No. That's a daddy soda. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Anyway, that's uh, it's for my man out there who knows who gets the joke. Okay, the I don't. Joke. I don't. That's... Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, that's, that's some, that's some, that's some oh, good you, inside digs, brother. You guys are in for a good two weeks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's he gonna do? Come knock on my door and fucking rub his bad tattoos I, in my face? Fuck I don't. Him. I don't think he can leave his area. I don't think he currently. listens to this shit. I don't give a fuck anybody <laughs> listens to it. Then um, anyway, I've been fucking. You know, hey man, you know me. Yeah. Okay. So, is there anything you want to discuss before we get into the first of the final five shows of Inspire Pro? Man, the, I mean, shitty people in the business. Oh, just a weird fucking business thing. Okay. And, and like, the person that sent me this will know exactly who the fuck they were because they do listen to the podcast. Oh, do they? Yeah. So he's the guy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's him. Okay. So, like, just the weirdness of this business. So, okay. Like, we both use the voice for various reasons when we're talking to people. But, like, when I picked up my fucking, my soda today, um... I'm, I'm sitting there in line and like as the window opens I'm finishing up the conversation and it was like yeah yeah if they put them together he will legit fucking murder him from that message to oh thank you very much have a nice day man it's just a weird that that hit me in the face of that weird like dichotomy of, yeah. of like how will you talk about this business because like the person I was talking about yeah. in the situation could have ended in a homicide like oh, legit yeah. But just like yeah, I always wonder what people that come in like half halfway in and don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay, uh, perceive uh, okay, it. Okay, so you know what I'm, you know what? Fuck it, I'm saving this for the next episode. Okay, we're gonna get. Uh, I think. I think. Okay, I'm put gonna put a pin in it. You know, we're putting a pin in it. Okay. Keyword, HIV. Remind oh, me. Yeah. Remind me. Okay. Remind yeah. me at, at the next interval when we do this because there's there's an issue that I really need to talk about. Uh, um. And, and it, you know, it's, 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 sometimes you don't know. You, you wonder like, am I ignorant about this? Am I, am I, am I on the wrong side? But I really want to talk about it and we'll talk about it on the next show. So yeah, stay tuned guys. Um, and we're going into today's event, which occurred on, I believe, March 3rd, 2019. I'm talking about shockwaves. Uh, and uh, again, you know, we, we talk about how um, a lot of the concepts and, and uh, just the visuals are borrowed from films. Uh, this particular title is borrowed from uh, a, a film. This, I'm super clever. So the movie's called Shockwaves. Um, <laughs> so, no, Shockwaves is a, is a, was a um, 70s horror film where Peter Cushing is on an island and reviving Nazis and putting these Nazi zombies in the ocean and when he blows some sort of like 
uh, intonation, the, the 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 Nazis march on to the the mainland, um, and and I've just I love the term shockwaves, uh, and one of the things that made me really excited about the show is that we did a we did a three D poster for it. That's which, right. Which yeah. Really, really again, cool. we went went super heavy B movie deep when yeah. we uh, kind of marketed this. Not a lot of people grab those posters, but holy shit, weren't they fucking cool? They're cool as fuck. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure if people were aware of uh, exactly what they they had on them. Bunch, on of, their go- hand. bunch of goddamn yeah. honkies, but no, yeah. it, no, it's a, it was a great poster. Visually, one of my favorite event posters. Love the imagery. I love the name Shockwaves. It's just like very jarring and you know, uh, you know, simple. Um, but yeah, anyway, and and, and and of course we're at AFS Cinema. Yeah. I, I always felt like doing stuff that kind of nodded to uh, just genre cinema because we're in a movie house technically. It, it kind of uh, tied us in better to the venue. So, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's that kind of world building, right? Yeah, then, yeah, you know, shockwaves. And, you know, the event before this was Ecstasy of Gold, which is, of course, from the Ennio Americone score for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. The final song that they play before they have that three-way showdown. That's another thing, right? Ecstasy of Gold, Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Three-Way Showdown. We do a lot of triple threat matches, and the reason why is because of Ecstasy of Gold, where you had those three gunfighters in that center ring. You know, this is fucking layered, folks. We are through the looking glass. Okay. Anyway. Um. Let's uh, let's talk about... This is really when a lot of the turmoil for the, the current management structure started to, to come up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, there's not much I can say because I don't know everything about it. Yeah. But, yeah, they someone had decided that they were going to... Because it kind of ties into some of what the guests that we have here are. Okay. Right? Okay. So what... Oh. Right. Ooh. This is this is when, when TJ ran the Super Bowl show. Yeah. You know? Oh. We should talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So so should we talk about that now or should we let, talk about that? Let's talk about it now because I think it kind of sets the stage for some... Some guests that we have so here. So, guys, I don't know what going I don't, forward. I don't know. At this point, I will say this: I was not getting along with you. I think you and I yeah. were button heads. I remember this because I felt I felt, and I know that I had a conversation with with TJ. Yeah. And I remember I said I don't feel like this respects me at all. Like I think I said that. Yeah. At the time, and at that point, uh, TJ had reached out and said, "Well, you know, if you want to be a part of the Super Bowl show, that's how I learned about it because I was like bitching about you to him. I was like saying." Because you were being, like, really combative. Like, you were in a bad Dude, mood. This every, was, every time I talked to you, yeah. you, were, you were in a shitty fucking yeah. mood. And every time I pitched anything, you shat on it. And, uh, like, I didn't yeah. feel like you were listening to me at all at that point. And, yeah, I, uh, I don't remember being... It wasn't anything personal. Yeah. I, I think it just lined... I think we just had a few fucking, like, creative fucking... Like yeah, disagreements all were, in a row. You were just being a contrarian to everything that I pitched, but you know yeah. the thing. The thing is, is that a lot of the time you said no, 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 and I'm like, this show is creeping up, man. We need a decision because we need something to promote. That's the thing. Is like yeah. when you're doing this stuff, you need there's a, there's a pragmatism that often interferes with the creative process yeah. where you're like, we don't have that much time, and we need a poster right fucking now. You know. I think this was also th- this really felt like the stakes were were. Increasing and increasing and increasing, right? Yeah. So I think that that may have been part of it. Yeah. I wish I wish I had some more like clear memory of exactly why that happened. And I remember you being like, "Man, you're saying no to everything," and and like not kind of being like, "Well, yeah, I am," but not. It was never like, 
fuck this, let's just not do any of this. It's just that I think we hit a bunch of those, like, I our you, creative I, impasses my at the same time. My personal opinion was that you were just in a bad headspace. And I may have been. And I don't think that anything I pitched yeah. would have made you happy. I may have been. And, and at some point I had to go, you know what? We're well, what's weird here. is this time, this time period, I'm in a really good headspace. It's really weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you were just, like, too good for me then. Maybe, yeah. You motherfucker. Uh, yeah. You know I'm an asshole. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so let's fucking Biss at this point. Biss is considering a jump to party world. He's like, "Fuck Inspire, fuck Max. I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna go. Fuck, I don't know. That's a joke. That's a joke." Um, but uh, anyway, no. Let's talk about the Super Bowl show. Yeah, I had actually talked to. You. I was like really frustrated with you, and um, I think from TJ, I never really felt respect for what I do. I never. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna talk about this now. Yeah. Like I love TJ, but we can talk about this. I never really felt like he thought that what I did was uh, amounted to much. And I didn't really understand it. I, I think at this point I started to feel pressure from him because I thought he wanted to do creative shit. But at the same time, I don't think he wanted to put in the measure of work that we did. I have a weird question. When did the Dragon TV thing occur? Holy fuck, yeah. Was that around this time? I think it was. This was it may have, Yeah. Y- yeah, it may have been. What was that? What? I'm just. It was I'm, like Iron Dragon TV Iron Dragon Fest TV or some thing. shit. Yeah, man. Holy fuck. There was a lot of really. This was like a very Empire yeah. Strikes Back time for <laughs> us, man. There was a lot of stuff going Okay, let's take it. Let's. You know what? Go with it, Biz. Talk about the Super Bowl show. Let's go yeah, with let's, this. Let's, let's focus We'll go into on that, that and then we'll go into the, the Iron Dragon TV spectacular. Spectacle of hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically, in, in like. I think this this may have been like some of the rift too. You may have perceived like some of the rift from this. Like TJ just decided decided he wanted to run this show. Um, so I think it came from um, it came from. God damn it! Well, at, hold on. At, okay, I gotta say, when I went to TJ and I voiced that, I felt like no one was really respecting me, even though I was busting my ass and stuff. Um, he told me about the Super Bowl show. He told me that this was happening, and he said he would love me to be a part of it. And I don't know what happened, but he went from being, I would really love you to be a part of it, and I really respect what you do, to being, yeah, fuck you, you're not a part of this. I mean, because that, like, creatively, that was the whole point of the show, was, like, TJ not being told no. Yeah. Like, like that was my perception of it. It was like, all right. Which would mean, like, yeah, there's really not a place for me. Because I would have seen... I mean, I saw some of the stuff that he was doing, and I'm, I was like, yo, this is... It, this is not... Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, it could have... you know, It was Gonzo. Say, yeah. But the thing but is... But it was out of control. I was also kind of, like, confused because I thought it was going to be Inspire-related. But it, it, wasn't. it really wasn't. Yeah. But it was something that could have really elevated us as a company. Yeah, but it, it, it ended up just being this, this thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yeah, it didn't. Uh, so, yeah, um, Stu, Stu Merrick covers the Stu. Covers we the have Super never Bowl. really talked about Stu. Yeah. Let's talk. Man, we have a lot. <laughs> you, we may not even to get to a show this, yeah, this okay. show. So let's talk about Stu Merrick. Yeah, so Stu is a local um, sports radio host um, for the Horn. Um, has a, a education in broadcasting. Great voice. Yeah, super good, good voice. If you've watched our product over the last several years, you've heard him on commentary. Yeah. He is the guy that sits with Eamon. 
Yeah. And he's become a part of our identity, I think. And Stu came in to kind of give more of a sports broadcast feel to, to the show, right? Yeah, I think at one point we moved away. Like, there was a while where we had... Uh, rotating people coming in, people talking. I think I even at one point pitched that TJ would be great on commentary, but I was ve- I think I was vetoed on that. Um, I don't think he wanted to do it, really. No, I don't think he did either. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it would have been actually really good for him to be involved in yeah. that capacity. But I also think that TJ also enjoyed just sitting in the front row with his friends. Yeah. And getting, like, drinking beers and, like, having fun, right? Yeah. I feel, I feel like, uh, to, to a large extent, TJ was... In this scenario, and we were kind of like setting up play dates where rad shit shit happened. Like he yeah. he always had great supportive friends. They always had front row reserved, and they had fun at the shows. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So at one point we had we wanted to get away from having like heel versus face commentators. Yeah. We wanted something that was more objectively minded. And so we, we uh, you know, we had, uh, of course, Nigel Rabbit for a while that was on uh, commentary, but it just, it didn't feel right. And so we kind of began to investigate Stu, who was just coming to our shows. Yeah. He was very excited to be at our shows. He was very supportive of the product. I mean, you got to understand, Stu added a lot to the events by virtue of the fact that he would bring fucking barbecue <laughs> yes. backstage every show. That's a, that's a thing. That's like... Stu was a, a, he became not just a part of the product by virtue of his voice, but he enhanced the morale of the shows by bringing food to the shows, which is a simple thing. It's so simple and it seems like so minor, but it made people feel really like appreciated. Like a fucking family reunion. It was very much like a family thing. So like Stu, like doing that, like this dude would just, he went above and beyond every time he was at a show. So like, you know, okay, anyway, back to Stu. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Stu covers the Super Bowl for the Horn. So he, I guess it was in Minnesota or something like that. And he mentioned to TJ, like, yeah, I was hoping I could check out some wrestling, but there was no wrestling the whole weekend I was up there. So that's where TJ got the idea to do the Super Bowl, a show on the Super Bowl, right? There's a lot of people in town, right? Um, he's going to put on this big mega show and try to attract these people that are doing all this football stuff, something besides football to come see. Um, Which is a, it's 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 a racy gambit. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, some of the things I don't think that he considered or that he didn't care about. Number uh, the, the city the Super Bowl's in, it's extremely difficult to get hotel rooms, and they're extremely expensive. Um, it's you know flights are a little bit more difficult because everyone's flying in. Uh, logistics become very complicated, and it's not a cooked in wrestling fan base. You know what I mean? It's a cooked in football fan base. So, yeah. like, if you can... There, I, honestly, I mean, I think the the idea was really fascinating, but I don't necessarily think that there is much, like, crossover in that Venn diagram, yeah. personally. Um, I know that there are people that enjoy wrestling who also like football. Yeah. But I think that in order to make this event appealing in a way like you know you would you would need like fucking LT type shit from yeah. fucking mania like well, to make it to make it relevant and like i mean when you look at this card like he he went all he he brought in it, it was like a uh, it was a super indie yeah right so i mean the the fucking um, SEU, who we're going to get to when we, we finally talk about Shockwaves. The Lucha Bros, that's the main event, is those two teams. Um, MJF is on this card. Um, 
you know, like and TJ really, T- I will say, TJ actually really brokered the MJF stuff. Like he, yeah, he like, was. I mean, he had his finger on the pulse, and he was instrumental in terms of being a benefactor in in at this in this deg- to this degree. I think my my, I don't want to say issue because it makes me feel like I didn't get along with him. I feel like he resented me at times, but didn't like really say it to my face. I think the thing is, is that there are people who sometimes have money, right? And because they have money and they help uh, facilitate things, they want their DNA in it and they want their voice to be heard. But I also feel like sometimes people who are in that position, they look at people who are creative and they don't think that people who are creative do anything. And that's how I felt. Yeah, because you're not not directly in the meat and potatoes of the creative process. So you kind of miss miss some of that. Right. right? But I I felt like at this point, even though TJ was uh, financially like on on the line for us many, many uh, times, I felt like he didn't really look back at the very inception of the company. And he didn't really look at the sweat equity that I put into it or the number of times that I actually, before he came along, put money down for rent. You know what I mean? I mean, and even there were times where he was with the company, like when we were at Red Oak, where I paid for the building. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't I don't necessarily think that there was a lot of respect in terms of just looking back about at, at like how I shaped the, 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 the flavor of the company. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like, well, that, that hurt my feelings. It, and it's also like, it becomes a deal, right? We're we're telling we have to tell him to know like he has this idea for this person but it doesn't fit and it's it becomes a no right yeah and it's not it's not a personal no it's just that like this doesn't make sense well it's kind of it's similar to how like Beerland the club that I worked at kind of ran aground because the guy that owned the club really wanted to just throw money at these people that he wanted to fly in for one offs right and it didn't make sense the thing is is that what I guess my entire ethos was was building talent from the ground up because I thought that was more pragmatic. I think Russell Circus kind of screwed the pooch at this point because they brought in millions of people every fucking card. Every card was a spot card, right? And the thing is, is that once people go, oh, I've never seen that guy. I can see that guy now. Yeah. You know, unless you're using the person in a way creatively that is very exciting, people have seen it. They don't care. You know, yeah. they become the old, the old hooker on the block that people have banged a million times. Yeah. That the luster of a first time diminishes. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that that I was doing was I was trying to basically create compelling angles that made people go like, "What's going to happen next?" Rather than, "Oh, I'm going to see this guy." Yeah, I kind of, I mean, but we tempered it. it there, it's the yeah. laws of diminishing returns. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Each time is a little bit less. Yeah, um, I wanted. I just wanted to tell compelling stories that made people go. This is good theater. Yeah. You know? And this, this, I mean, you look at, like, the shit on this car is, is wild. It's like fucking Ken Shamrock's on these things. On, on the, and we're talking about specifically the Super Bowl show. The Super show. Bowl show, yeah. yeah. Um, the Yeti is fucking, who <laughs> is, like, one of my fondest memories. Like, um, but it just, it, um, I think it was just the lack of, uh, the lack of kind of control on it. It, it became super gonzo. Like there was, um, I think there was like six or seven referees booked, you know, like, <laughs> what? yeah, you know, there are things that I don't know. Cause yeah, I was, okay. I was excluded. Yeah, like, you know, in, in like, you know, I, I don't want to shit on TJ, but like, this is his first, like taking it all on on his own. And like, the little little things that we've talked about, right? Like we're, I respect TJ's tenacity, and I like, like TJ. Insane, I like yeah. TJ as a, as a human being. So like, don't let this come off that way. No. But like, but like, there's little mistakes that he made that like 
because it the first thing that he did like this was this gigantic fucking thing, right? So like, where we would be like, hey, we're we're not gonna put a guy on the card as a favor, right? We're not yeah. gonna make an extra spot because we know that that's how things we, we don't do that. Things blow up enough as it is, and yeah. then that just extra, like, so if someone's like, hey, I can come in, but. I need to get my buddy to drive me and he's a referee and you say yes two or three times and you've already got three referees booked. Now all of a sudden you have seven referees, you know, little stuff like that. Um, if you're like, Hey, I need to, to get this ring. Oh, I'll put your fucking seven students on the show. Now all of a sudden they're on the show too. Right. Little stuff like that is what bloats a card. Um, so when you already have fucking this crazy shit on the show, like, and then you're, you're adding all this stuff in. Um, it's a lot to manage. So um, when I when I was involved, basically I was there to help be an agent day of is what it ended up being. Um, the idea was, you know, TJ's putting this money down. He's going to just say yes to everything. So um, it kind of grew, too. So, like... He had people come in, so he had people in early, so he did the no ring show too, because he had seen the no ring match with um with uh Chuck Taylor and um and Zack Saber Jr. and really enjoyed it, right? So then it was like, Oh, I wanna do a no ring show. Well like you can't just do a no ring show, right? Like yeah. Casanova Valentine like has literally broken his body like for that medium. Like you can't really just be like oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna take i'm shit. gonna cop his shit yeah so that's where i was like hey man if you're gonna do this you really need to bring either get Cass's blessing or bring Cass in so now Cass is on the card so now Cass is on the card so now he has to wrestle the next day so now okay we'll put him with this guy you know oh shit uh ken shamrock's coming to do the no ring show so he wants his student to be on the show okay we'll throw him in there right and it just it just kind of grows from there and you can still see this show. I think it's on Fight TV. Um, it's the uh, Hell or High Water, I think is what it's called. So, you know, by all means, go check it out. Because um, it's, it's a crazy card. Then there's a bunch of good stuff on it. But that's sort of where we're at, right? Like, um, I th- I think your, your perception was that you were being kind of cut out of it. Yeah. But, like, I was sort of cut out creatively i was cut out too okay like i was kind of brought in for a different role you know i think honestly at this point i feel like you had a lot on your plate that you didn't even really discuss with me yeah and i think that might have contributed to a sense of tension between us yeah you know i mean i'm i will say this like uh, you know what this is the this is like a a a north star uh feel good moment i love you bis yeah dude okay and so i gotta say like for all the up and downs I feel like this is really this company has brought us together as friends, and yeah. uh, I feel like looking back at shit like this, it really strengthens our bonds. And it, it's also funny because it's like there are moments in over the years where I've been like, "Man, fuck that guy!" <laughs> and as we go over the show, I'm kind of like, "Oh, this was what was really going on. Yeah. It really wasn't about me, and it wasn't really about him. It was just about." Having all this shit kind of dumped on our heads. And trying to survive in advance, right? (laughs) Yeah. But also you look back and you go, we went through all this shit together. We can't quit now. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a big part of it. Anyway, I'll let you continue. But but, Oh, and then the biggest thing here is, right, AEW is starting, right? (laughs) Yeah. And AEW is starting, and we are in Atlanta fucking Georgia. Like, fucking, I guess, literally blocks away from Cody. So fucking Cody brings in the elite to go to, to the fucking Super Bowl, right? 
so fucking um I guess um I don't know how TJ reached out to him like eventually this relationship soured pretty quickly I guess but he was like texting directly with the Bucks and Cody for a while yeah like because the Bucks and Cody were going around promoting AEW because they like this hold on this becomes important because there was I believe at this point there was the inception of the idea that Cody and the Bucks might actually come to inspire and text show up in Austin yep we were going to actually do some stuff where Cody and the Bucks showed up yeah and yes okay anyway and uh so Cody and the Bucks show up here they announced the Lucha Brothers are signed at this show like just out of nowhere right um so yeah so Cody's there um there's you know, there's there's guys that aren't on the show showing up to like just, you know, <laughs> talk to Cody. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony Schiavone is magically there, Whoa, um, which I, is kind of funny. I did not know that Tony Schiavone yeah. was there. And like, I had I disliked Tony Schiavone from like bad information I was given. So like, I was sort of a dick to Tony Schiavone, and then I found out that it was completely untrue, and then he's a super nice guy, and I feel like a dick, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so this is really, uh, this is where I uh, I meet Ethan Page. Who's great. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Lawler is also somebody I got to work with here that, um, right. And then Eddie and Bryce are there, and I end up... Instead of doing some of my fucking tasks that weekend, I ended up just hanging out with Eddie and Bryce the whole weekend. So I'm sure that was uh, not the, uh, you know, that didn't probably help out things either. Um, But yeah, so this is sort of going on in the background. So just to tie this up in a bow, um, at this point, there's a period of time between when there are OH contracts and and when AEW starting that SCU is taking indie bookings. So sort of through this like Let's talk about SCU just to just to pitch who they are. Yeah, yeah, true. Good good point. So <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, cuz nobody knows who the fuck No, I'm yeah. kidding. But like yeah, somebody people, might not. <clears throat> you know, just oh, we kind of just like talk about shit like we know who yeah. these motherfuckers are. But we know, I mean, if you're in the if you're yeah. into wrestling, you know who the fuck they are. My mom might be listening. She has no clue, yes. right? So so Christopher Daniels who it, I mean, I'm sure you too, but like one of my idols as far as like independent wrestling and then like just wrestling in general. Yeah. Like um and then personally, uh, when I met him, thought he was a dick. He was, um, he was kind of a dick. He was a dick. But then, uh, you, and you know, what the fuck is he gonna do? Not come wrestle at my company? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, he was a dick until he met my kids. And then he was super and nice because he nice. he's dead. Yeah. Yes. Um, Frankie Kazarian and uh, Scorpio Sky, who had uh, this huge run with Wrestle Circus, and like, which weird. <laughs> I can't wait till we get into his yeah. dumbass shit. But anyway, what's weird though is like <laughs> the entire time he was working with Wrestle Circus is like, hey man, if you guys have a, du-, you know, it was constantly like, hey, if you guys have a double weekend, I'd love to to pick up another date and come work for you guys. Um, you know, so like we had talked, you know, we had we had uh, discussed doing stuff. So anyway, like through TJ's connection with setting up this uh, event is what allowed us to get our main event here, which is where we're bringing in SCU. That's kind of where the connection happened. You were aware of, like, the weird Australia thing? No. I'm learning all kinds of shit, because I I, honestly, I was kind of kept out of the loop on a lot of this. You would have lost your fucking... You may have fought people. So, SCU... I I gotta pause. I love the fact that there is this shit in my life where people go, 
don't tell Max he will fucking fight people. Like people, and I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. But anyway, there are limits. Anyway, yeah, continue. we would have crossed them. Yeah. So SCU almost uh, canceled on this show because they were they went to Australia the next day. Like they went back to California and then flew directly to fucking Australia for a tour. So Frankie Kazarian and fucking Christopher Daniels were like, what the fuck? Like, we need to cancel this show so we can get ready and just go to Australia. And Scorpio Sky being like, hey, I'd like to be back in Austin. And then TJ being like, you guys can't fucking cancel on me. Like, this will ruin me if you guys do this because we may have strangled him. Like, yeah, I don't think I would have. I think, I mean, I, I don't blame people. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have blamed him for that. I would have, I would have, you know. Yeah. Honestly, you can I can I tell you can I make a crazy weird admission? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I like I like Frankie Kazarian more than I like uh, either of the other two. Oh, yeah. I'm completely opposite. Yeah, so to me, Frankie has the most charisma of the of the three, and I um, he was for a long time the only reason why I watched certain other programs. Oh yeah. Um, there was just something about him that really. Uh, appealed to me as a character. Um, I always thought Christopher Daniels was very skilled, yeah. and I always loved watching his matches. But there was something about him that just resonated uh, nerdliness yeah. to me. <laughs> but I, I mean, but I watched, I watched, I, lo I loved Christopher Daniels. Yeah. I loved him. I loved him. But there was something about about uh, uh, Frankie that was just very much like like an old movie star like a like a fucking like he was like to me I can see that there was something kind of like Lee Marvin-ish about him yeah and there was just something about just his his persona his charisma that you you don't a lot of other wrestlers don't have Scorpio Sky I thought was interesting but you know yeah so Scorpio uh, for me is the uh, I was a huge Human Tornado fan yeah and he was the foil to Human Tornado yeah. and a lot of those AWS and fucking uh, early PWG stuff right um and it's just like, oh, it's Scorpio. It's the guy that used to wrestle Human Tornado. And then, uh, f so Frankie's on the, op like, the, this is going to be super fucking wrestling nerdy, but the 2004 Super 8, Indy Super 8, uh, Paul London wins. I believe it's 2004. And I think Frankie Kazarian is on the opposite side of the bracket. So, like, and I'm a big Paul London guy. So <laughs> yeah, I've always kind of, like, hand-waved Frankie. I'm like, oh, it's that other guy from that. Um, or maybe he wins it in the finals against Paul. I don't fucking know. But uh, Paul goes to the finals in that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, Christopher Daniels is just the guy that's always been around. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah. So, anyway. Where the fuck we, are we? <laughs> we almost fucking lose the main event of this show. We, like, well, uh, yeah. Um, well, wait. Uh, hold on. Of, wait, which show? Shockwaves. Yes. Yes. God damn it. We really needed to get to this. Hold on. Yeah. Because I, I hadn't even considered the Super Bowl show in the context of Shockwave. Yeah. So this is why this is like kind of blowing my mind. Just how entangled everything is. Yeah. And I often forget about this because I was not involved in Dude, it. Dude, you got cut out. <clears throat> yeah, I got cut out. And there are going to be some moments coming up where like you're going to have to kind of take the lead. Yeah. For example, and I wasn't really cut out of this, but coming up, we're also going to have to talk about the, the heavy metal inspire, oh, uh, yeah. death match show. Yeah. Cause that's coming up. Like I was very much just like at this point, like 
I'm in the middle of Inspire just flying the middle fingers going, I don't give a fuck about anything happening out of this. Go fuck yourselves. Get, <laughs> get out of my face, you know? What, I mean, not, not that I yeah. had any animosity. What, what's funny, like, just, the weird thing, too, like, it's shitty the way it went down, but, like, life would have cut you out of it, unfortunately. Like, imagine if you were super involved, yeah. and then, like, you wouldn't have been able to fly out to Atlanta. No. Like, that would have sucked, you know? Well, I would have found a way no yeah. matter what. I, I will say this. Yeah. I was hurt. I was mad. I didn't think that anybody cared about me at that point. So in my head, at this point in the company, I feel like I am putting in a lot of uh, sweat equity. I feel like I'm doing a lot of work creatively. I'm going to say this right now. Um, My ex-wife never really valued me as a contributor to the household, I think, because my job... Uh, my shoot job was being someone who put together shows. So it involved a lot of me sitting at a table in my home, calling various bands and talking them into doing stuff and negotiating terms and details, right? And I think a lot of people don't really think that you matter unless you're actually leaving your domicile to go do shit and sitting at a desk and stuff. Um, I feel like people don't necessarily uh, value creative acumen. Um, I mean, you look, you look at, you look at WWE. You know, I, I don't think that the, uh, the 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 fucking brass at the top. I don't think that they respect people that are actually creative. I know it's it's a fucking yeah. You're you're a cog. Yeah, you know? and and I I feel like I was treated basically like I was I I was, I don't think I've ever been a prima donna. Maybe you have a different opinion. Would you say I'm a prima donna? I can't. I can't think of any time where I'm like, oh, that's Max just being a prima donna. Yeah, I've always kind of like held firm to my creative standards, yeah. like quality wise. Like we used to have this slogan on our shirts that said, "All killer, no filler." I I, I stand by yeah. that to this day. Um, but I, I I honestly feel like TJ didn't ever really respect me as a creative mind because a lot of people I don't. I'm not saying that he's not a creative person. I think he had creative. Yeah. Ideas and he had creative yearnings, but I don't think he actually respected me in terms of what I brought to the table in terms of being a creative person. I mean, you know, I, yeah. mean, I can't speak for you, but it, it like the thing that let's just I mean, this is warts and all right. Um, part of the part of the thing that I think um, fostered some of that, right, is we when he would have creative ideas and we would say no and he would start to feel dejected, we'd say why don't you come over and we'll go over a creative meeting, you know? Well, that's and the thing. We, was, we both made, we both cut time out of our, like, that's another thing. When, in, when, when I go, hey, man, let's do this, and someone goes, I'm busy, it makes me want to just put my fucking Nike across their throat. It pisses me off because the thing is, it's like, oh, oh, I'm busy. Oh, gee, I wonder what the fuck that's like. That pisses me off. Motherfucker, I'm busy as shit. Anybody that knows me knows I'm doing, like, man, people might not know me in the sense of the podcast, right? I've been directing music videos for years. I do commercials. I'm a local promoter. I run a wrestling company. I'm a dad. I am uh, a homemaker. Uh, I do. I do a lot. Okay, I am busy. I know busy. When someone someone goes, oh, busy, I'm like, yeah, me too, dickhead. Don't fucking give me that line. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate it. 
So, like, when TJ would go, oh, I mean, we'd go like, hey, TJ, why don't you come over to some of the booking meetings that Biss and I are having? And he'd go, oh, I'm too fucking busy. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Just show up. Show up yeah. and bring your fucking, like, bring over whatever fucking potpourri beer you want to fucking drink. And let's sit around and let's talk about shit. And let's, like, fucking, let's watch some fucking wrestling, man. Yeah. Like, let, let, let's bro down. Yeah. I always felt like he kind of, at some point, started to treat me like I was just his kid. And I'm not his fucking kid. And I do have good ideas. And I've been writing screenplays. I've written 25 motherfucking screenplays. I've sold five of them. Suck my dick. There are people with master's degrees teaching the art of screenwriting who are making way more money than I do. And guess what? They haven't accomplished what I have in the business. And I'm talking about the entertainment industry, you know? The motherfucker, Biss, that you're sitting across the table from right now, I used to fly over to the BBC and yell at those people. I used to speak at the University of London about character development. I wasn't a licensed lecturer, per se, but I was a guest speaker. And if, I wouldn't have been a guest speaker at a university if I didn't have some sort of, like, acumen. Anyway... Let's move along. <laughs> that's. I think that's a great that that really kind of sums up though. Like people that may have just seen the show have no idea that this shit's going on underground. No, right? there's but a bunch the, of shit going. Like yeah. people don't know who I am. It's like yeah. I didn't just like I didn't just like fucking like fall into this. I feel like this is my opinion. Okay, you brought me to the fucking table because you knew that I knew what sucked and a lot of what. I do screenwriting wise is it's me knowing I've seen a million movies and I know what sucks in all of them. And you would go like, Hey, what do you think of this? And I'd go, man, that sucks. And you go, what would you do instead? That was at the onset, yeah. at the very beginning of us starting this. You, you working with Max Meehan means that you have to hear a lot of that sucks. It, it is. It gets frustrating from time to time where it's like, but, but that it's the next part. What what comes next? Yeah. What do you think? Is usually pretty fucking good, yeah. right? Or what would you do instead? And then yeah. we work it out. I, I think there's always been kind of a given and a take between us. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay. <laughs> Fuck this. This went in a direction that I did not anticipate at all. And so, um, no, 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 no. Okay, we are into the final five episode, the final five events of this company. Yeah. But there's a lot of shit, a lot of mortar, a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. before we actually get <laughs> into the Super Bowl show, <laughs> we're actually going to have to stop. This, <laughs> That's this awesome. We are <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a moment. Yep. We're going to pause. We're going to go walk around the yard <laughs> and take a deep breath. And then we're going to be back next week. And we're going to get into the Super Bowl show that... Essentially brought <laughs> SCU. There was, uh, uh, before we get into this, man, the idea of what was going to happen at uh, fucking Shockwaves in terms of the Bucks and Cody <laughs> showing up, it didn't happen. But holy shit, I'm starting to like have all this recall. Yeah. I'm going like, oh yeah, I had to have like three fucking <laughs> different directions as to how this was going to go. I'm like fucking day of, people aren't like fucking showing up. Like Cody's supposed to show up and do his fucking like ASPCA bullshit. Hey, hey brother. Talk yeah. Those AEW guys not getting on the plane. Yeah. Hopefully we'll never have to talk about that again. 
god. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, man, you gotta show up again next week. Anyway, thanks again, guys. Uh, yeah. Hey, Biss. Good seeing you. You too, Max. All right. You too. We'll be back.